Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. You're dialed into Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Be a part of the show live every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Facebook, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, or the CMSNetwork.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater-centric podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMS Network Rumble page. If you are watching on YouTube, please do not forget to click that like button, click that subscribe button, and smash that notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live. For example, when I went live from Newport, Kentucky, this past Sunday for the Dream Sonic stop of the Dream Theater Tour. Uh, We are here every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at those four fine locations. Uh, Without further ado, let me bring on my esteemed co-host, Mr. Brian Hendrickson. Um, I'm sure I will have internet issues as always. I'll freeze for a minute, but my audio will be fine, so stick with the video. And Brian is pixelated. He had he had equipment issues right before we started. So poor Brian is dealing with his own stuff. This is, you know, it's, become, it's become a regular thing for us, hasn't it? Poltergeist, like coming to the TV. Come now. All are welcome. All are welcome. This is horrible, man. I got to tell you, the least you could do is change your background from that stock stream yard. Look at me. I'm in like I a can't. million dollar home background. <laughs> that, that's the other thing is, so apparently I got, I guess I got logged out of my account. So none of my previous backgrounds are in there, which is very weird. Because I didn't okay. think I was logged into my account before anyway, because we're streaming through years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of my like I had like eight save backgrounds in there. They're all gone. Got to so. figure this stuff out, man. <laughs> so. It's like my brother on my nerd podcast, the Nerf Herder Council. Check us out every other Wednesday at eight fifteen p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, he he does this stuff. Like he'll jump online and everything's messed up. So I don't get it. I'm like, well, and you didn't do this, but I'm like, don't jump on like literally. 90 seconds before we're supposed to go live. <laughs> like, yeah, I was almost, that out, was almost two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This is awful. But, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I have a face for radio anyway, so I guess this is fine. <laughs> there you go. So, Chastity Crawley, good to see you. She, man, I just posted this a few hours ago. She says, I did the quote-unquote assignment you posted on Facebook. I have at least one song from every album. Chastity, you are like gold star, man. If this is an assignment and we're in quote-unquote school, you get an A++ today. Wait, what are we doing? Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You know exactly what we're doing. Kale McLeish, always good to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in. He says, John went to Dream Sonic. Lucky bastard. Yeah, Kale, it was... um. Actually, I'm going to talk about that first. Obviously, tonight's topic, what, what Brian and I are going to do since I was at the show, Brian had a really good idea. We've done like dream set lists before, but Brian had a really good idea that we should write a set list where we have to use one song from every album and we cannot use super popular things that we've talked about on the show like ourselves. Like, for example, Breaking All Illusions is out, The Great Debate is out, The Glass Prison. Uh, stuff like that. So any anything that you guys have heard us talk about, 
you know, about 8,428 times we had to avoid. So that's how we're doing it. Brian did not understand his own assignment. And uh, this afternoon I was like, yeah, it's, it's really hard for me to put these in order. He said, we got to put them in order? <laughs> like, yes, dude. That's the whole point of writing a set list. And uh, Brian, you're in a band. You're playing tomorrow night. I wish Damn. I could come see you. You're kind of in my backyard, but I will not be able to make it. We do have set lists for that, you're correct. I was going to say, so as a musician, you should know the power of a set list. Like, you can't just bring up a pile of songs and go, oh, what next? <laughs> well, I will say in defense, though, after doing the, doing the dueling pianos for like the last five years, that's exactly what it is. Well, it's yeah. a massive pile of, hey, does anyone know any of these? <laughs> and there's no rhyme or reason to one song from the next, not even close. Oh, that's fantastic. Robert Husted, uh, he says, howdy, y'all. Dream Sonic was amazing. I'm a new fan of Devin Townsend now. You know what? Since Robert is commenting, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start there, Brian, because I want to talk about my trip to Kentucky. But I'm going to start with Robert Husted. So I played, uh, I, I, I live about 35, 40 minutes south of downtown, in a, uh, downtown Cleveland in a suburb called Wadsworth, Ohio, right? And Robert Husted, for those, those of you longtime viewers, listeners, um, Robert Husted is actually the brother-in-law of my best friend, Andy. So I've, I've known Robert for a lot of years, way before podcasting and all that stuff. Um, so a couple weeks ago, it was uh, June 30th, I had a show in Winchester, Indiana, which is a city I had never heard of. And I, we were, it was like 10 minutes before we're supposed to go on, five minutes before we're supposed to go on stage or something. And I checked my phone one last time to see, you know, See if anything important's going on. I got some stuff going on with my dad and whatnot, so I just want to see if there's any updates. And I have this message from Robert, and it's a picture of me on stage that night. And I, Robert, I forget what, what term you use, like shoot, shot, or shoot it, or something like that. Anyway, I was like, what the hell? So I'm, I'm like, oh my god. So I'm just about to start singing. I'm looking around the crowd, finally about three quarters of the way back in this little tiny mini amphitheater. I see Robert like he had driven from Fort Wayne, Indiana to Winchester, Indiana. And he, he came to see my band brother. Believe me. I was like, holy shit. Like, nice. this is great. So that was that was a lot of fun. Robert, I really appreciate you making that trip, man. Sniped. OK, yeah, there you go. He said he said, I sniped you. There it is. And, and I, I couldn't believe it. It was such a it was such a nice surprise. So, Robert, man, I know we talked that night for a bit. And again, thank you very much for making that trip. He said it was like an hour and a half drive. So he he came out and watched the whole show. It was a three hour performance, and uh, it was it was awesome, man. So Robert, thank you very much. Cheers to you. So, all right. So Brian, I went to the Dream Sonic tour on Sunday because I was playing a gig on Saturday. You had the opportunity to go on Saturday, but elected not to. Correct. That's correct. I okay. kind of regret it now, only because I really would have liked to have seen Devin Townsend. But uh, yeah, that was. I, I, I've got a lot of shows coming up, plus the Monsters of Rock, and like the the, the tickets were not uh, they were not cheap <laughs> for the close <laughs> ones still, to put it mildly. Yeah, mine. So so my ticket, I, I went to the Newport, Kentucky show on Sunday, like I say, because I, you know, of course, the one time they play play Cleveland in the last thirteen, the, the last time they played Cleveland was on the Dramatic Turn tour, and every other tour I've had to go see them out of town and stuff, which. So, of course, the one time in 13, 14 years I could see him at home, not only at home, but on a Saturday night, so I don't have to take the next day off of work or that day to travel anything, I have a gig. So I couldn't go on July 8th, so 
I went to Newport, Kentucky the night after because it was about an hour and 35, 40 minutes from where I was playing on Saturday night. Um, so my front row ticket, I was I was literally right in front of John Petrucci and right in front of the bass bins, and my phone died before Dream Theater started, so I have no pictures of it, which really sucks. But um, they were like, I think it was like $150 for that ticket, and it was worth every bit of it i mean i was getting blasted with with bass dude it was awesome it was really cool so uh i got to newport and i tried a couple bourbons i hadn't had and i had some barbecue at this place called beards and bellies which is perfect for me fat guy you know with a beard um it was delicious very good so i go to the venue and animals as leaders was on and I didn't watch them, but I was listening because I was in line. I, I had to get some, you know, some drinks and stuff like that. And then I went live. Some of you guys may have seen that. I went live for a minute from the show. And then, you know, kind of got my stuff together. And then I went and I went up front and I, I caught Devin Townsend set. And I know who Devin Townsend is. I know of, you know, he's got all these different side projects and, you know, not side projects, they're his projects, but Strapping Young Lad and Devin, Devin Townsend Project and just under his own name. And I know he came up, you know, singing for Steve Vai on the Sex and Religion record, but I had never listened to his stuff. And holy shit, that guy as a vocalist, Brian, I don't know if you've ever seen him live. Oh, my God. He was, I, I mean, he would hit a scream like, and then like, it's like he's singing notes while screaming. I was like, what is this? It was unfreaking believable. And he was an he was a killer front man. Like he was like, he was like, say thank you in the microphone a bunch. And while he's jamming, you know, in during songs when he's not on the mic, he's smiling at people, waving, saying thank you, thank you. And you know, he was so gracious, dude. And I, I always respond well to that. I don't know how you feel about that. Like I I know it's kind of cheesy to say, well, I get really into an artist if they're if they're nice guys, but that that really means something to me. So I thought it was great, and and he pulled off an awesome line because there was like a pizza company there, like baking fresh slices of pizza, and a couple of the guys that commented on stage, like all I can smell is this fresh pizza. Well, at some point, I don't know who the hell it was, but they shat a small country in their pants. Like, I mean, just a legendarily disgusting fart. And he's he's in a song break, and he's like, man, I tell you what, before, all I could smell is that pizza, and all I smell is that huge fart. And he's laughing. I'm going, oh, my God, this is the greatest show ever. <laughs> so he called out this dude for farting, which was awesome. But they were they were phenomenal. And so he does his set, and, you know, like I say, I've been trying to go down that rabbit hole, and it's a little weird for me. Because all the albums jump around so much, it's I, I really have to get used to it. Do, are you, have you listened to any of his stuff? Are you a fan of any of his stuff? Or yeah, so I have Transcendence, which I think is two albums before. So he's no longer. I can't remember how is he. So it's not the Devin Townsend project now. It's just Devin Townsend. Yeah. So does he not bring as many musicians on stage now? Is it kind of scaled down or no? Yeah, it is. It was him, a bass player, a drummer, and then his guitar player, and his guitar player played keys and acoustic guitar as well. Okay, so, so yeah, was, I, I think what he did was he kind of tried to strip it down, I, sort of for financial reasons a little bit and artistically, but uh, the Transcendence album is, is amazing, and the, the couple albums before that are really cool. I've seen uh, live performances on YouTube. I love his voice. Um, yeah. I like the songwriting. 
he's, he has a way of doing something that's really kind of heavy and chunky and uh, a really kind of unique process guitar sound, but it has these real big giant courses and these accented moments and you know he, he piles on like these cor- this huge course it sounds like a giant choir behind him on a lot of this stuff you know and, yeah and I, I like that thing it's what i've always sort of liked about def leppard i'm not saying they're remotely similar but but the that oh, the aspect. layering yeah yeah the layering yeah so i've always loved his style of doing that and uh and when he kind of changed and sort of got away from that and went to this this other thing and maybe a little more scaled down but more experimental i guess I wasn't say I was bummed, but uh, it kind of surprised me. But uh, yeah, it. I mean, from everything I've ever heard of him and seen of him live on, on you know, just the clips. Like he has a full couple concerts out there you can watch. And uh, yeah, it just he's an amazing performer. Yeah. So Robert Reams, good to see you again, brother. He says uh, Devin Townsend was phenomenal. I was blown away by his musicianship, uh, musicianship and performance as an entertainer. Yeah, he was. He was a great frontman, and it was. I think it was just again that he was so, just so outgoing. I think and positive. It's like you could tell he appreciates being up there, and I I always get into that sort of vibe because that's how I feel when I play. So I really, I I really appreciate that. Uh, Chris Wilson, good to see you again, man. He says, "What's up, guys? Animals as leaders was the highlight of the night for me. Uh, DT crushed as always." 14th time I've seen the DT boys. Awesome, dude. Glad you had a great time. Uh, this actually does lead us up to where I, you know, Dream Theater does take the stage. So I was, I mean, directly in front of John Petrucci. It was, it was phenomenal. And first and foremost, one of the things that I was really excited about was when I walked in. I, I, Brian, we talked about this off air. When I bought my tickets, it looked like this was going to be a ghost town of a show. And I, I went in like a week before and it looked like it was going to be basically the seats because what this was was like a mini amphitheater. There's like several rows of seats and then like a lawn. So imagine if you have like a shed, like an amphitheater, like 20, 25,000 people, you'd go see like Kiss or somebody like that. Like yeah. imagine scale that down that it holds like 2,000 people or something. And the ticket sales looked like it was basically the seats and a few people on the lawn and that's it. I was like, oh God, like that just... It. But when I got there... I don't know like if, if they just had a bad seat map or if they had a bunch of last-minute sales or something. The place was basically 90% full. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, because you never want your favorite band to play in front of a, you know, I, you, I'm sure you're familiar with this term, but like call it a bomb scare. Right. <laughs> like, so um, so that was, first of all, that was awesome. Well, well, Dream Theater, Dream Theater comes out and I'm dead in front of Petrucci with a bass bin in front of me. It's like it's the way to watch Dream Theater. And man, the set list was awesome, and you know, the show was great. I had a complete blast. Um, the set list was was cool, man. Um, James, I know there's been a lot of talk about James on this tour. I thought he did. A, I thought he did a great job. Um, he's definitely not trying to hit those high notes, which for me, I actually enjoyed because I would much rather have a singer be like, you know what, I'm going to do this proper and hit the notes correctly and not shriek and squeal and all that. You know, I I like when a singer does that as opposed to sound like Vince Neil or David Lee Roth. It's just embarrassing. And James did not do that. And they had a couple songs with you know some pretty high stuff in there. And he he made some some really really good note choices. I thought um, John Petrucci was John Petrucci. I mean, he was just absolutely fabulous. And James, you know, 
this was my 23rd time seeing seeing Dream Theater live. And he, in the last few tours, has really embraced the front man thing. I I never remember him moving as much or pointing at the crowd as much. Like he's much much more into the front man thing on the last few tours. And I really really like that, you know, because I think he's such a cool guy. And to see him actually really getting more into the, you know, hey man, like being more front manish along with the awesome vocals. Like I thought that was really really cool. So, um, so how different my- was the uh, set compared to? Oh, quite a bit, quite a bit. Oh, really? And yeah, and you know what? Before we get to that, I just want to talk about the video show for a second. I know, I know we're friends with Wayne, so this may sound like we're just kissing a buddy's butt, dude. That video show was out of this world. <laughs> like, if I didn't know Wayne, I'd be like, "Holy shit, this show looks amazing!" <laughs> like, it was fantastic. So, I mean, I, I I messaged Wayne and I was like, "Dude, this is like unbelievable! Like, you just keep like upping your level." So, um. Nice. At the very least, the look of the show was absolutely kick-ass. I mean, Wayne just really knocked it out of the park. Um, so yeah, the set list actually was quite a bit different. We, uh, it was God, was it like nine, like ten or eleven songs? So they opened with the Alien, obviously. They went into Sleeping Giant, which if I remember, we did not get on the last on the last leg of the tour. I don't think so. Then we got caught in a web, which is hell yes. After that, they went into answering the call, which that one, you know, I think we did get. Okay, uh, Chris Wilson. Well, Robert Reams first says, "I thought James was great. I keep wondering if people are judging his performances based off of YouTube videos. Every time I've seen them, which is ten times, he's crushed it." Uh, Robert, I really think that's what it is. I have a musician buddy of mine in, in Lima, and he just he's he's definitely like just hits me up all the time. Did you see how bad James was on this show? I'm like, dude, it's a crappy YouTube video. And if you look up the tour dates, it's like at the end of a tour after he's done like four back-to-backs. Like, shut up. Like, Chris Wilson says, in Bridgeport, James looked like he was having a blast. Made me so happy. Yeah, I mean, James is like embracing that frontman thing, and it's awesome. So uh, back to the set list. So we had answering the call. And then this is what I loved. Like, I knew I had heard they were going to do something from Six Degrees. But I did not expect that we were going to get about to crash, or excuse me, solitary shell into about to crash reprise and and then losing time grand finale. So you got a bunch at the end of the six degree suite, which was killer. And then we had pull me under. And then we had, dude, we got it again. You missed it. We got your song, Ministry. The Count of Tuscany. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Repentance. Only, only they, only they played it twice in a row. Um, but yeah, so so solitary shell about to crash, losing time, grand finale, uh, pull me under in the Count of Tuscany, and then everybody knows this. No setless spoilers here. Um, the spirit carries on was the encore with Tosin and Abasi, and um, with Devin Townsend and also Devin Townsend's uh, rhythm player playing the keys along with Jordan. And I do apologize, by the way, for anybody who saw my posts about the show previously when I was calling Tobin a bossy. I corrected myself on, on our own video. What an asshole. It's Tosin. So I apologize for my error. But yeah, dude, the set list was great. It looked phenomenal. Um, and it was a beautiful night for a show because it had been hellishly hot the day before. It was like something like 86 degrees when I was on stage the night before. And this was like mid-70s and a nice breeze. And dude, it was great. So that was cool. But I do have like real real quick I got to tell like you know a feel good couple of stories, not obviously Motley Crue related, but so 
I was up front and the two people next to me were a father and daughter. She was probably like five or six and they were from Mexico and it was their first time seeing dream theater. They had come up specifically to see dream theater. Right. And the guy next to me was a guitar player and he had one of John's pedals and he wanted to get it signed. So at the end of the show, you know, John's throwing out picks and the little girl's trying to catch picks. But the whole show, she didn't she didn't even have like ear like earphones or earplugs or anything. She was just rocking this thing, which was amazing. And she was holding up the devil horns the whole time, just doing this the whole time, hoping to be seen. And she's barely taller than the, you know, with her hands up, taller than the security barrier. So at the end, her dad holds holds her up and and he sees her and John leans out to toss her a pick and it hits her in the hand and falls in the security pit. And the dad instantly grabs his daughter and hands her over. And the security guy comes over and he starts to pull his daughter back. The guy goes, no, 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 no. Let her get the pick. Let her get the pick. So the security was amazing. And this little girl, first Dream Theater show, all the way from friggin' Mexico, gets a John Petrucci guitar pick. That's like, It's like her hero, apparently. And that was amazing. And the other part of it was John's up there waving and this guy like holds up his pedal, the guy to my right. And he's like, John, you sign it. He's like, throw it up here. And... So he throws the pedal up there and John makes a motion like, hey, marker. And the guy goes, oh, shit, I forgot a marker. Well, I always carry a Sharpie in any like band jeans I have because I know writing on set lists or something. And it sounds cheesy being a local band, but you know how it is like sign an autograph. So in case you have to do that, whatever. And so like the guy is so this happened within like a, a five second period. He throws the thing. John motions for a marker. The guy turns around and goes, oh, God, I don't have a marker. I reach in my pocket, whip out a Sharpie. He's like, oh, my God. And he grabs it and throws it up to John. John signs his pedal, throws the Sharpie back, throws the pedal back. And the guy just hugs me. This biggest bear hug. This guy's way bigger than me. And he's like, dude, you saved my life, man. <laughs> so it was like, it was a really fun experience. And it ended with a couple of amazing, amazing stories with, you know, a guitar pick and an autograph. Like it was just, it was just such a cool ending to a cool night. And I was, I was, you know, really that, that guy with the pedal. I was really happy that I was able to help him because he, he looked so despondent. And I'm like, man, I, we were walking out. I'm like, just remember, dude. Next time you want an aut, if you're coming to a show for an autograph, always bring a sharpie because they may not have one. Like, this is a lesson to you, dude. So, how quickly after you got that sharpie back did you like wipe it off to get some of James or some of Je- some, some Petrucci's DNA? Like, could save that and put it in a vial. Well, <laughs> I, I won't say I did that, but I will say that when I got home, I, I picked up my guitar and all of a sudden rammed three sweep arpeggios, and then all of a sudden went back to playing power chords. I don't know how that happened, but. Apparently nice. it's you know soaked into my fingers somehow. Uh, that's funny. So, but anyway, so th- that's my story about going to the show and whatnot. And Newport, Kentucky was awesome. Uh, I had my first experience staying in an Airbnb and it was beautiful. I I wandered around you know late night just kind of killing time while my phone was charging in the car and I I tried a couple more bourbons and stuff. It was it was a really cool solo excursion and the show was great and the band was great and man. Awesome, awesome experience. And, you know, I think you missed a fun time, man. It was, you know, I wish you would have gone, but I know you don't like the venue they played at in Cleveland. So, you know. I am curious. Did anyone find out what the attendance was actually like there? I, I am not sure. I guess Robert would be, would be the one to know. Yeah. Abraham Wrangle wants to know. Uh, good to see you, man, by the way. Thanks for tuning in. Any comments on Mike Mangini? Uh, what can you say, dude? He it's played, Mike he played drums. Yeah, he played drums <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> like, yeah, he 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 was he was he was a very good drummer that evening. Yeah, um, yeah Mangini was Mangini, dude. Uh, he did have, like I say, he did this on the last leg of the tour. His uh, people have talked a lot about this online. The kit was scaled down 
so it wasn't the giant like you know octobonds and stuff everywhere and um but yeah it was you know the, the band was the band it was cool I, I I will say this though I I do I do have one I can't say it's a criticism but I will say this and I I, I would think that a lot of people a lot of dream theater fans might agree with me on this and I'm, I'm I'm almost positive you will I get that they're playing to a click now because they have to sync it to the to the video show but I really miss them swapping songs in and out from night to night and most mostly I miss those impromptu jams they get into you know where they just get to the end of a song and start like riffing on something and just you know I really miss them doing that I I hope they bring that back at some point because while the show I mean the show looks phenomenal it is like an 11 out of on a 10 scale you know but I really wish we got some of that crazy crazy musicianship you know what I mean yeah I think we got our our beak wet so to say when we went to see the uh Petrucci and Portnoy um, thing at House of Blues, we got kind of spoiled on that because that, that's really what that whole night was, was everything was completely live and super organic. Yep. And there, it's obviously it's different type of you know songwriting and structures and stuff, but still pretty sophisticated stuff. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I, I mean, maybe there's what they could do is you know, do a couple, I don't know, couple couple classic, you know, rock instrumental type things, you know, maybe throw those sure. in or something where they're separate from the thing to get out of that click mode. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we get on to tonight's topic? And um, so since you, uh, you ha- are having technical difficulties, I'm just going to pull the curtain back here for everybody. I'm going to put you in solo mode so you can explain what we're doing tonight, how you came up with the idea. And I'm going to be gone for about 90 seconds because I have to take a wicked piss. So normally guys, this would be in the private chat. I'd say, Hey, you're going solo. Like, like I got to go take a piss, Uh, but we can't do that tonight. So, Hey, guess what guys? I'm going to take a piss and Brian's going to explain how we came up with this topic. So here's Brian. Oh my God. All right. So guys, what we are doing tonight is we wanted to come up with the ultimate set list uh, and you, the requirements are you have to play a song from every single studio album that Dream Theater has. Now, we're not talking like the reissues and the, the Lost But Not Forgotten archive stuff. Uh, we're not talking the live albums. Um, but we are going all the way back to the beginning, uh, the first album with Dominici. And we thought it would be cool. Uh, I believe we came up with there's 16 total uh, songs that are going to be in this list. Um, I was kind of joking with John. I knew we were going to have to actually arrange a set. So I don't know how, if he broke his down. I Actually, mine ended up breaking down completely uh, into half and half. So I'm going to have an eight by eight here with a small break in between. Uh, we did try to sort of make a rule here, like he was explaining. You know, we don't want to get the pull-me-unders in there. We don't want the breaking all illusions. Uh, we don't want the probably the Dark Eternal Nights, the Count of Tuscanies, those kind of songs. We sort of burned those. We all know that those are our personal favorites. So this is more of like sort of create maybe a little bit uh, a little bit of a, I don't want to say a B-side, but like a deep cut set list. That's what mine's going to be like. Um, Kale, that is a good question. So we are doing, I'm going to go ahead and preface this before John comes back. We are going to do a change of seasons 
Um, that is really only one song on there, so we're going to count that. That's going to take up 22 minutes of each of our sets. So I'll be interested to see where John Foot has. Um, but yeah, we're I. There was two ways of doing this. One was completely ignore change of seasons, and the other was to put it in there. And I think for the spirit of what we're trying to do here, and to keep things, you know, sort of on track and in in touch with the idea i do want to touch every album and the best way of doing that is actually to include change of seasons the entire song so the, you know the downside is that it's going to take up 22 minutes but the plus side is most people absolutely love that song i'm it's sort of growing on me more and more you know i i, I don't know how to explain it john before on the i was kind of on the fence of change of seasons i was probably give it closer to a five and a half to a six out of ten of like my favorites I'm not just saying as a song, but you know where I rank it. Now yeah. I'm getting closer to a seven and a half, so I'm I'm bumping it up quite a bit. Uh, um, I'm dig I'm digging it, and especially for this exercise. Yeah, well, I I've always I've always been a big fan of that song. I think, you know, that's definitely a fan favorite. I've seen it live three times. I want to say, um, it's it's just the more and more you dig into it, it's I mean we could damn near do a whole episode on this song. Um, that actually might be, maybe we should do that one. That'll be an episode. We'll get all of our friends on and do a change of seasons round table. We'll get Kale on and Robert and all these guys. Like, But yeah, it's it's one of those songs, like the more you, you listen to it, once you get past the length, because I think that's a little daunting for some people, especially if you're a newer Dream Theater fan. I, I Once you actually get into the individual parts, there's a ton of catchy stuff in here. And I think it's really well crafted. And um, it's just, it's it's the... For me, it's it's the peak of their ability to write a long form song, and really keep your interest. It's the ex it's that perfect example of why Dream Theater is so good at what they do. So, I mean, it, it to be honest, it grabbed me the first time I heard it. I was like, "Holy crap!" I never thought I'd get into a twenty three, twenty four minute song, but I did. And um, <laughs> look at Kale. He says, <laughs> "Well, I'll be back, changing my set list." <laughs> Well, you know what? Let's just start this thing right off the bat, and I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. I put Change of Seasons as my set opener for seven. Oh, dude, I almost <laughs> did that. I almost did that. And I I'm almost gonna, did I'm it. I'm tell you why, because there is no place really to put it other than, and I don't know how much you heard when you left. Uh, well, I'll just, it's already said it, so I'll say it again. So I, I broke this down. I have basically eight songs, a break, and then another eight songs. So I'm doing an evening with. Okay. But the only place I could see to put this is first song of the night or last song of the first set or last song of the night. The way okay. the way that the way I have broken down. So I thought, you know what? And you're like it was funny too because you mentioned like, well, maybe it's not for the faint of heart new dream theater fans. Well, <laughs> if you're new and you're like a little bit worried, you're gonna probably be kind of annoyed because I'm hitting you right over the head with this off yeah, the bat. Right. So maybe go get your beer, go grab another beer. Just remember, you gotta get through 22 minutes. But there's still, I still have two hours of music after this song. So yeah, <laughs> my set clocks in at two hours and 22 minutes. Well, I did not include. A change of seasons in mind. I was going to do it on the fly, and after you just said, and I actually did consider putting it as my opener. It's crazy you said that. Um, by the way, Chastity Crawley, she said I put live albums in mind. I think I need to change my list. <laughs> yeah, you put you put a whole live album inside the set. <laughs> yeah, no, Chastity, this is just studio records. I should have been clear. I feel like I wasted a bunch of your time. Um, yeah, so so now that you've said that, and I I was looking okay, like because I have mine written in a specific. In, in order for a specific reason 
and I, I, I think I know what I'm going to do now. So um, I did not have my set opener as transcending time. Or, uh, excuse me. Why, do I, why am I saying transcending time? Idiot. Um, I don't even have that on my list. Okay. Uh, I actually have an intro track, Brian. Don't I am it. using the intro from the Systematic Chaos Tour. Also sprach Zarathustra. I know it's also sprach. That's German. Zarathustra. Whatever. Also sprach Zarathustra. I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong. But anyway, the the intro from 2001 they did on Systematic Chaos. When they did that, when I saw that live, I was like, that absolutely rules. So that's what I have as like the instead of an intro video or track, I have them doing that, and um, I poorly veiled my opening track. My opener is Transcending Time. Wow. Okay. I actually, I actually, okay. So I, I actually put this into a set list, like a playlist in Amazon Music, so I could hear how these would flow. Because I had a reason for doing it this way, and I'm like, okay, this works. Like I actually found, you know, I just put, you know, the music from 2001 as as the intro track, and then it goes into Transcending Time. I'm like, okay, cool. It's big enough. It kind of like has a chance for James to come out after the band jams a little bit. So yeah, and um, by the way, I also have set breaks. So I have mine with like lines like it was an actual set list I had down on stage playing with the band. So well, I have the word break. That's about it. Okay, all right. So yeah, so so I I I have also Sprach Zarathustra, and then the first song they play is Transcending Time. So I'm assuming that you, after change of seasons, have a break. Correct. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only the only part I actually wrote wrote break into is after the eighth song. So. Okay, so Dream Theater plays a change of seasons to open, and then seven other songs, and then they get a break. Yes. <laughs> well, you are a hellish tour manager, my friend. Well, it's an evening with you. You know you're going to get two and a half hours of music no matter what. So. Well, yeah, but James has to, like, I mean, well, well James actually like gets stage, his breaks. Do you have, like, stage directions? James goes and gets a pop. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan grabs a granola bar. <laughs> Mangini t- tells a witty anecdote. <laughs> John Petrucci smashes a protein shake. <laughs> okay, well, I, okay, well, so, so how should we? Okay, so, all right. If you have like eight in a row, then I'll just do my my first few songs till the set break. Just do like your first. Let's do like your first three. Well, that's perfect because that's where my first break happens. Okay, good. So I have transcending time into beyond this life. Because it's like you get to the end of transcending time, and then it's like a stop, and then so, and you get like eleven or twelve minutes of prog, like craziness. I, I will say this: some of the things I have on this list kind of bummed me out because I'm like, this is what I would, I think would be cool, but I I also tried to pick stuff they haven't done live, or at least that I haven't heard, or other people haven't heard very often. And I know Beyond This Life has been played a lot, but I had to do it. I'm like, this is just such a great second song so i've covered view from the top of the world and scenes from a memory and beyond this life fades and then goes into our new world from the astonishing i know that one would you consider that one that i shouldn't have used because i i'm such a huge fan of that song or it's hard to pick something from that album so you're you're excused on that one okay (laughs) okay (laughs) that's not like a breaking all illusion situation okay so I have I have transcending time into beyond this life into our new world and then they take a break. So, all right. So so you have 
a change of seasons, and then what? What? What after that? First three. All right. Um, let's assume they take a quick break there, and James gets everyone all riled up. Blah blah blah. Uh, I'm going right into probably the least, second least likely song you'd expect me to pick from the album that I love way more than you. Dramatic turn of events. I have this is the life. I almost chose that one. Yeah, uh, love that. So at one point I had a lot of slow stuff <laughs> and i still probably have too much i'm trying to mix it up but i'm also trying to not make it go slow medium fast but if i don't kind of do that then it doesn't make sense so yeah um this is the life and then we go into i think probably one of the most melodic songs off images and words slightly breaking the rules but not totally i i can't not do surrounded I knew I knew that was going to be so, on your list. I almost yeah. told you not to pick it, but I, I know I, I probably shouldn't have. But I was kind of looking at some of the other stuff I was going to use, and I'm like, eh, I think I should get surrounded in there. It's just a little, little bit happier. Yeah. Uh, and then we mellow out a little bit. Um, my favorite song off of your favorite album, uh, Hollow Years. Nice. Okay. So that's that's one I avoided because. Um, yeah, I I couldn't have, I couldn't avoid that one. It's just it's just too damn good of a song. All right, well let's see. Okay, so Chastity changed her. Okay, Chastity changed her list. She said I changed it, still in chronological order, not a fancy set list. <laughs> the fact that you did it at all is amazing, Chastity. That's that is awesome. I appreciate you taking part in this. Kale says. Okay, in that case, Dystopian Overture into Innocence Faded as an opening duo. And then I have S2N after the good evening welcome to the show from JLB. Wow. Okay, okay. so you open with Dystopian Overture. And then... That's crazy. Okay. And then S2... Very cool. Okay. All right. I like it. Very good choice, Kale. I like that. I, I don't... I, like, Innocence Faded as an opener is really weird. But that is that would be, I, I have to admit if I saw that I'd be like, holy shit, that's cool. Yeah, I had so. to stay away from that one because I've all but drooled over that almost Me every too. episode. So. <laughs> and I, I saw it you know since it was played at a show that I saw. Right. I won't say it, Adam Rishog. Um I I decided to avoid that one too. Although I think the one that I picked from Awake is probably pretty obvious as well. But um all right, so my next part of the show, I have another three, and then my next break. So how do you want to do this? You want me to give those three, and then you give yeah, your next? Okay. So we have a break, and James is like, hey, everybody, what's going on? Yada, yada, yada. And, um, oh, you know what? Kale asked a quick question earlier. Kale, this is not like, can they do it now? It's just like, what would you pick? And let's imagine they're at their peak, and they can do everything. So, so James is working up the crowd and everything, and... Uh, you know, I I need I need some prog moments in here. I, I need I need some old school. So he's like, "All right, we're gonna go back to the beginning. We're going back to 1989. This is the Killing Hand." So after the first break, I have the Killing Hand, a good long song with a lot of cool stuff in it. And <laughs> Robert Houston, John totally picked Space Divest from Awake. Robert, I I actually did not. And specifically because that was against the rules. Yeah, I knew that everyone would expect that, so I did not pick that one. I had I had a one A and a one B, and the one A is obvious. I think the one B is not. But um, so yeah, so the killing hand, and then I figure we have not had our mellow moment yet. 
of which I have a couple in my set list. And, uh, you know, the whole thing, you know, kind of fades out and whatnot. And I, I picked from Black Clouds and Silver Linings, I have Wither. So I thought that would be like a cool kind of like piano. Movie. And and honestly, for me, I think what would be cool there, if I was really kind of being choosy about this, I would want just the piano and vocal version. Like have James and Jordan just solo for a couple minutes. I think that would be really, really cool. So that would be my pick. And then as that one fades out, I I did cheat a little bit on this one, okay? So this is from my favorite record. There we go. Chastity's on board. She says, yes, Wither. So there we go. So Chastity's a fan of that choice. And this next one is a cheat, but technically one of these selections was a part of the other selection when they wrote it. So I did pull a cheat here. From my favorite record, as Wither's fading out, you get some sound effects kind of coming in. I have Hell's Kitchen going into Burning My Soul. So I thought that'd be kind of cool to do Wither as like a piano thing and then have some sound effects or whatever and go into Hell's Kitchen and then bang, you know bring the show back up into Burning My Soul. So that's what I did. And then I have the next break in the set for James to talk. You know, whatever. Guys get a drink of water and stuff like that. So... That is what I have. So that's my first six. So what do you have? So you're what, four songs in now? Because you've got a change of seasons in your next three, so you're you're four in? Yeah, so four in. So I'll give you the, uh, this is the last four of the set, I guess. Um, you, oh, that's right. You wrote yours really differently. Yeah. Um, so off of Octavarium, didn't want to go title track. Okay. Uh, I couldn't go... What's my go-to off there? Root of all evil. Um, so I went never enough. Oh, that, what a great choice! Okay. Yeah, uh, especially nice. kind of coming out of hollow years. Like let's sort of let's let's amp this baby up a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And then this is a weird song to try to fit in here, and I really wanted this off of Awake. I stuck it in here. I don't know. I, lifting shadows off a dream. Oh, that was my one B. Awesome selection. Yeah, that was my one I, B. I love that the. There's really cool. They don't do a lot of. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't say this is an acoustic kind of song, but there's a lot of cool, clean, kind of jangly, the, just a tiny bit of dirt on them guitars. Just really cool, cool guitar things going on in this song. There's maybe a bit of a '90s alternative feel in some of the the tones and stuff. Yeah, but uh, I was, you know, we've talked before. James' vocals on this one's great. Um, and then I there's no, I have to get this in here. And off of scenes, it's tough. But this is the best instrumental they've ever done. It's a Dance of Eternity. That's just okay. A, that that's a, that's an overrunner. I got to get that in there. <laughs> okay. And then it's like everyone's sitting there with their mind totally blown and just kind of going all right well we're like totally worn out at this point <laughs> right they come out and they were going to play the killing hand but i axed that so now is this is so this is the second set beginning correct no is no this, this is the last song of the first set still last last song before <laughs> yeah, intermission okay yeah yeah okay. they still have to like kind of like people go because like after dance of eternity everyone's got to take a quick just just a time out for a second <laughs> Take a breath. And this is like, then he comes out and goes, all right, you know, we're, we still got a long night ahead of us. We're going to do one more and take a quick break. And uh, it was going to be the Killing Hand, but I changed my mind on that. So it's okay. interesting. You picked it. They're going to go into the afterlife. 
Okay. All right. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought I could not figure out any place whatsoever to put Killing Hand in there. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, you can't start the set. I don't think you could start the night with it. You can't start the second set with it. You can't. I don't know. I just couldn't figure out where to put it in there as much as I like the song. So I switched it to a little more palatable, I guess, Afterlife, you know. Nice, cool groove to it. Cool riff. You know, gets everyone's kind of gets their head banging a little bit. You know, yep. and uh, yeah, then we're gonna take a break. Okay. Well, Robert Husted is in complete agreement with you. He says yes. Afterlife is a great choice. So he is he is a fan. Uh, Kale says my next three after S two N includes a cheat. Number four is Burning My Soul, but the demo version with the Hell's Kitchen solo. Then a melodic duo of These Walls and Surrounded. Dude, Kale, These Walls is criminally underrated. And Kale got really excited after that because this was back when we were talking about our last couple. He says, yes, yes, Brian has Surrounded and John has Soul Kitchen. So happy. (laughs) (laughs) So Kale's a fan of our choices so far. So, Uh, All right. So while while, while, while your crowd is going and getting a piss... Which, uh, you know, thanks for letting me do that earlier. I have the next, uh, let's see, I have eight more before my encore, and they all come in groupings of two. And the next two groupings of two I have together because they are all seven-string, seven-string songs. I figure, okay, you know, we've had some prog stuff. We've had our E stuff. We've had Wither, you know, a few cool stuff. Let's, let's, it's time to get down and dirty. It's time, it's time to get heavy. So from Dramatic Turn of Events, which this was the hardest record for me to choose a song from because I wasn't sure where to put what. But when I started looking at how I wanted to kind of like pace my set list, I decided if you're going to start a heavy set, let's just start with Build Me Up, Break Me Down. Because you can have James talk a little bit and then bring all the house lights down. Then do Wayne can, Wayne can do one of those awesome videos and like kind of like have a kind of like like you know, fade in and stuff like that. And then when that song ends with that big, long, you know, lead out or whatever, run out, I, I don't, I'm, you know the terms, I don't. Um, it just it just goes and goes and then the stage goes to black and all of a sudden you hear probably the greatest, most notable Mike Portnoy drum fill, especially to start a song, Honor Thy Father. Yeah. So, and sorry, my video is freezing, but so yeah, build me up, break me down into honor thy father off of train of thought. So I've got dramatic turn of events and train of thought covered with those last two choices. So what do you have coming out of your, uh, your piss break, your intermission? So six degrees was another tough one of what to come up with on there. Cause we, said we couldn't use glass prison we couldn't use great debate um i just went ahead and went with i thought was i guess kind of safe but but also everyone wants here i just about to crash okay um i love the mix of we talked before the mix of piano and sort of a pop rock guitar feel on this one there's a little bit of a 70s 70s rock like you know turn the turn the windows down in the summer kind of you know (laughs) blaring down the street you know i don't know i, lo- I really love the guitars on this and the piano yeah. just the mix of the two um so it's a great thing to start to set off with um this is where i'm gonna get heavy okay i'm gonna go into this dying soul nice okay yeah so that's my 
probably the heaviest I'm going to get right there is going to be that. And uh, I guess that would be a good time for me to take a break before I go into the next song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so Robert Reams says that his first set is the False Awakening Suite into New Millennium, Status Seeker, Under a Glass Moon, Lifting Shadows Off a Dream, Blind Faith, and Beyond This Life, and then a break. That's not too damn bad. That is really not too bad. You you, you know you got you've got lifting shadows as as your mellow moment, right. and then beyond this life is just prog craziness. And then everybody, okay, let's refresh our beers. Good call, good call. Chastity Crawley also has uh, solitary shell and losing time from six degrees. I think you can't go wrong with anything from six degrees. Honestly, that was a difficult one for me. And she's a status seeker fan. She says yes, status seeker, great song. So we got to vote for Status Seeker. I almost used that, but I kind of thought that might be the one that would kind of go against the rules. So, yeah, we talked about that a little too much, and obviously we couldn't use Fortune and Lies. So that that those were the two that I was like, I, I can't do those two. Right. So I didn't do that. All right. So we are we are officially in seven string territory. We've done Honor Thy Father. From there, I go to Distance Over Time. And a song I would bet that nobody would have on their list but me. And no, it is not Viper King. But, you know, I can hear James will be going, we're going to distance over time. Bam, 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 room 137. So I just think it's a wonky, weird, heavy, just grungy song. And I love it. It's 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 such a weird weird song and no one ever talks about it so i thought that'd be a really cool curveball to throw into the set list and then after that because of the way it ends you know dan dan bam bam and dan dan then you have another song that starts with a drum fill it technically doesn't but a drum fill comes before so you go bam bam to bam 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 into lie that's you know it's maybe obvious but lie from awake i absolutely could hear that song every show and be happy so I have honor that or excuse me, uh, room one, three, seven into lie. Those are my next two. And uh, again, I, I that's four songs in a row on the seven string. And um, I just think that's a really cool, like four song banger to do about two thirds of the way through the show. And um, well, my next uh, I'm trying to figure if we should go two here or three. Let's go two. Okay. Uh, this is a song that we will never ever get um, because Fortnoy's not in the band. Um, <laughs> but the more that I listen to the song, the more I really like it. And there's too many unblack clouds I can't pick, so I picked the best of times. Oh boy! <laughs> well, at least at least since it's an evening with you, gave me a second opportunity to you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I love the piano on that man. I, I really the more I hear the piano on this, I love it. Uh, I love the guitars towards the end. Um, you know, it's a sappy song about the about his dad and stuff. And again, we're not we're, it's never going to get played because this isn't something. I don't think James can go up there and sing with Mangini on drums. It just doesn't really make sense because it's such a personal yeah. song to 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 Portnoy. Yeah, for sure. But uh, after that, we're going into. Um, I really like the kind of funky synth sounds on this thing it doesn't sound like any other song on systematic chaos and uh they got all the fans to sing on this one it's going to prophets of war wow okay so. 
Wow, a couple curveballs in these last. Yeah, year. yeah. I mean, I know these are these are out there, but uh, again, it's like okay, I, I, we know we can't do in the presence of enemies. You know, I <laughs> right. I mean, there's no way on that. I'm like constant motion. They kind of just played that not too far, pretty recently, and I'm like, we all know we love that. And then it was like, well, forsaken. It's kind of too easy. So. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like thinking too much. We know I can't do Ministry of Lost Souls. So. <laughs> <laughs> you should have totally done it. One, so, one it, of us should have done it. <laughs> so it's kind of like I cross out everything I know is kind of off limits and the one there's no way in hell. So they were sort of left with Prophets of War by default. <laughs> you should you should have had you should have had uh, a Ministry of Lost Souls and I should have had Repentance. Yeah. So I mean, it's like yeah, and then right, we have to cross that off too. So I don't know. It's just like. Uh, this has got another one of those songs where, um, similar to uh, Change of Seasons, you know, maybe I was, you know, lower on the spectrum. I, I kind of like this song more more now. The more sort of the more I hear it, it's a there's a cool thing going on. It's very different. It's not something that they normally do, and uh, I like I like the fact that it's unique and they're they're kind of doing something different on this. Yeah, that that song always bums me out because that's the one, you know, I, I told the story on the show previously, uh, where. I had been to score, I think it was a year before or maybe in a few months before or whatever, but it, it, I forget if they, if they recorded that album in ac- actually in 06 or if it was the beginning of 07, but I had already taken off like a good amount of time to go to New York city to see score. And then when they announced, Hey, come to New York city to be part of the new dream theater record, I couldn't do it. I was like, damn it. I could be on the dream theater record and I couldn't do it. So every time I hear that song with all the crowd chants, I'm like, son of a bitch. So, uh, yeah, Robert Hughes said, he says, repentance for the encore. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, they might as well call it fart in church at that point. I'm sorry for ever liking this song. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for recording this turd. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? That, that's the studio outtake. Portnoy's like, I'm sorry for coming up with this idea. Yeah, right. I'm sorry it goes on forever. Like, oh, God, if we ever want to get Portnoy on this show and he ever hears anything we say about repentance, like, <laughs> I'm not going on that fucking show. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. So for my next two, again, I've got a, blo- I got a, I got a block of two, a block of two, and, then, and that's the end of the show, and then I have my encore. Um, so my next two, after I've you know smashed people's faces with four straight seven-string songs, it's time to mellow things out. It's time to you know kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Um, which is kind of apropos, you know, because you pump the brakes when you're on a ride. So from the self-titled 2014 album, I have a long for the ride as the next song. So I just think that's a like, you know, for a record that I'm not the biggest fan of, I think that's a high, very high point. I, it's one of my favorite ballads that they've done. Uh, you, you're talking about a few songs that have grown on you over time tonight. Um, this is one that's definitely grown on me over time. And I think it fits perfect right there. Um, I would even do the cool little graphic with the taxi and stuff like that from that self from that self titled album tour. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, was that the song with the taxi? Whatever it is, just use the taxi graphic because it was cool. I don't I don't care if it, if I have the right song. Um, <laughs> it's my show. I can be wrong. But um, so yeah, get our mellow moment in, kind of break it up. And then, hey, man, we've only got a few more songs left, so let's kick it back up. I know you said we've already heard it and everything, and I kind of made faces when you said this a minute ago, but I pulled out Constant Motion. Because I figure if you're going to be like, hey, you know, here's your mellow moment, but we've only got a few more minutes left in the regular set. We're going to remind you you're at a Dream Theater show. So I have a long for the ride into Constant Motion. 
which means I have three albums left, which is my uh, you know last two songs of the set, and then my encore. So I won't say which, but if you're keeping score at home, you'll know. And I know you guys aren't keeping score. So, <laughs> so. well, I just realized that when I read my last two, I missed one. I messed up. So I don't know okay. what I should do. I don't know what I should do now. So what was should like I in the middle it? of those two or? Yeah, I had one in the middle. Okay. So, so just say them again. So, so what was that All block right, of three? So that was, um, well, I was, I only gave you a block of two there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So what's yeah, your block so I had of three? Best of times, profits of war. So yeah, it was supposed to be in the middle there. Uh, I really wanted to pick pick along for the ride, but I thought I had sort of worn out my phrase on that. So I went I'm going to the... make a guess. Looking okay. glass. No, another one too obvious. <laughs> okay, all right. I wondered about that. Okay. I went with the bigger picture. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I like. I... Uh, I really like the guitar melodies on that. Um, I th- thought there was some kind of. Um, uh, what's the word? Sort of foreseeing into the future of, of some of the things that we're going to end up on distance over time. Sort of the, the really cool melodic things that he's is really be kind of becoming just more and more and more of his signature. Um, okay. Yeah, I like that song a lot. The strings are very cool on it too. Uh, so that was supposed to be, I guess, a three song block of best of times, bigger picture, and then profits war. That makes more sense than going best of times <laughs> right into profits of war, probably. Right. Right. <laughs> All right, so you got that one in, but now you have what? Two more. So I have where, three where more. So okay. I, have, I have two more, and I guess the last one would be my encore. Okay, so so do your two. All right, and then I'll do my two, and then we can get into our encores. So my last two are going to make no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I've got the astonishing, and I have uh, what I think is like the catchiest, coolest, most melodic thing on that whole album, and that's when your time has come. I love the piano and that oh, synth, the synth yeah. riff that starts that, uh, you know, or sort of minstrelish. I guess it's happy and upbeat. Okay, you know, it's catchy. It's it's uplifting too, and uh, it's still got a little little length on it. I think it's like about four minutes or so. And then the way that the song ends is is, is kind of cool. You know, you're, you're sort of feeling real happy and like you know it's you know because just it's, it's talk literally talking about you know your time is here or whatever. Okay, um, and then. I don't know how we transition into this, but this is going to be our only repeat of the entire uh, thing. I've got distance over time, room one three seven. <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> so yeah, I love the melodic choices on this vocally, and and we talked about this for that there a couple times in the middle and the end that that Beatlesy very 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 King's X thing they do with the with the harmonies. I love that. Love love. Okay. Love that. And I uh, just love the heavy riff on this, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's like you, you come out of that song for the astonishing, then you go into this, you know, and everybody's like, <laughs> it, it's a, you know, it's the last quote, you know, last song of the night. It's super heavy. Right. And then everybody's singing that funky harmony and stuff, too. You know, and, you know, we had a great time. We'll see you guys next time. You know, yeah. turn keep the lights off for a bit here. And, uh, yeah, so I I don't know. I don't think we're ever going to get in a situation where those, let's just say, even those <laughs> those <laughs> those four songs in a row will never be played. Yeah, <laughs> hell, those four songs will probably never even be played in, in general. I know, right? <laughs> but uh, all right. So before we get into my last two, I have a cu- couple comments here, and then and I have an idea for our encores, by the way. So Kale says 
Uh, I have constant motion, honor thy father, and the shattered fortress making up a heavy trilogy. Might be the start of the second set there, actually. Yeah, shattered fortress is one I considered, Kale, but because it was on uh, breaking the fourth wall, I was like, eh. so, so I I, tr- I tried to avoid something that came to mind immediately to me, and so since when I saw, it, I was like, ah, breaking the fourth wall. I was like, okay, let's try not to do that one. Uh, Robert Reams. He says, his second set is The Gift of Music. Great call. These Walls, amazing call. Forsaken, A Rite of Passage, Answering the Call, Falling into the Light, Lost Not Forgotten, This Dying Soul, and His Encore is a Change of Seasons. And then Kale says, my last three songs of the main set will be Surrender to Reason, Transcending Time, and Only a Matter of Time. Going for some more uplifting stuff to get into the ending and Shastity Crawley has actually emailed her set list to us. So that is kind of awesome. I will have to check that out. If I open another internet window, my my, my video will, will bog even more. <laughs> but I'm going to go back to Kale's. It, uh, it was really hard. So my first choice uh, for Dream and Day was Matter of Time. Okay. And then I was like, eh, I don't know. It, because we've talked before how that sort of, portends into what's coming on on images and words sure so i'm like eh maybe that's a little too and then i was like killing hands little was a little too crazy yeah that got two out there and i was like no so i went more <laughs> towards the middle with afterlife but matter of time yeah that the more i think about it i probably should have got that in there somehow all right so i'm going to get into my last two and my idea for the encores is something i'm going to tease and just wait to tell you i'm gonna make you sit through these two songs (laughs) it's really not that impressive i'm just trying to do a radio thing (laughs) okay um okay so my last two songs before the encore i had not hit images and words and i specifically waited till the end for images and words for that big fan moment and i chose take the time I just figured it's like, hey, everybody, thanks for coming out. You know, da 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 da. We got a couple yeah. more songs. We appreciate you guys. And then that fade in and then. I thought that'd be awesome. And my concluding uh, concluding song, I don't know how I would do this. This is where Dream Theater has to come on the show and explain what, you know, sort of musical breakdown they would do in quarterly and all this kind of stuff. But they've they always figured these things out. But since we're, we're doing our Dream Set List, they'll figure it out. It's Take the Time into Losing Time Grand Finale from Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. Nothing sounds like a grandiose ending quite like that. I have more favorite closing songs than that, but that one's right near the top of the list. And I think that's a perfect way to end the show. So if they if you find a way to like tie those two together, that was the one thing that was difficult for me was how to actually tie it together because I have a reason for the other blocks that I have. So... Yeah, take the time into losing time grand finale. So I thought that would be like a nice kind of like more major key kind of block and a perfect ending and everything. So for our encores, I say that we tell each other what album it's off of and see if, 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 if we can guess. I'll, I will go first. My closing song is off of the Octavarium record. What 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 record is yours off of? View from the top of the world. Oh god damn it! Um, <laughs> all 
All right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say that you went with the title track, View from the Top of the World. I'm, I'm going to go with that one. Damn it. You do know me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I nailed it. Yeah, I... I have more appreciation for that song the more I hear it every time. I, I don't know. I, I, I've been going back to it. It's not like every day, but I don't know. I just I like all the parts of it. it it's not. Is it their greatest um, epic song? No, but it's the most grandiose. Most grandiose, I think. Yeah, that's that's a good word for it. Um, I don't know. There's there's something kind of organic about it it's it's i don't want to say it's it's sort of in some ways i feel like it's a little bit simpler but it's not at the same time it's it's hard to explain um i don't know i just it just feels like a a good song that the it's a grower you know what i mean like it's not one of those the first even the first two three four times i was like i don't know about this but then i started i started honing in on little parts like man i really like this little part okay now i like this little part and then it's like the weight between parts that you like gets shorter and shorter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's it's a it's a weird thing that, that only music is like that. And I don't know if it's like that for you. That's the only way you can just describe it. Is like especially in a long song or in a great album, like you know, or, or even an album that takes a long time to digest. You're like, okay, well, I really like song four, but I got to sit through the first three. <laughs> and then you're like, well, wait a minute, now now I kind of like one. When I, you know what I mean? And that that yeah. that weight gets shorter and shorter. And it's just like like a great movie, like it's the same thing. Like it's like, oh man, this is an hour and a half movie or an hour and fifty minute movie, and it's over in twenty minutes because you, you're so engaged and you love every second of it. Yeah, and that's how a great album is for me. So I am going to. It's not going to be the title track. Uh, let me look here. Jeez, I have an I obvious favorite on this record. I've mentioned well, I should, it many I times. Should, Oh, we'll probably panic attack then. Uh, no, you are wrong. Oh, uh, my obvious favorite on this record is These Walls. But okay. that is not my encore. Your first guess would have been correct. I chose the title track. That's a great encore, actually. Honestly. Yeah. I just, I couldn't, like, I was trying to think of, like, I wanted to use that song because I was trying to look at the other stuff. And These Walls, I couldn't, I couldn't really find out where I wanted to put it in my set. So I was like, all right, you know, and I thought about Octavarium, like, you know, that's a damn good, that's a damn good encore. So yeah, I thought that'd be cool. You know, if people are ready to, you know, ready to, ready, okay, they're ready for their encore and stuff. You know, like, okay, what are they going to play? What are they going to play? And I know that like, you know, when I've seen a change of seasons, it's been an encore. Like, I mean, we saw it on the images and words tour, yep. uh, the anniversary tour, I should say. Um, and when they came back out, you hear the doom, ding, 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 ding. The whole place goes bananas. And I know, like, if you, like, everything's black and the lights just fade up and you hear, like, like, people know exactly where they're going. They would do that too. But my show does not end there. I am totally pulling a live scenes from New York. You told me I had to put a change of season somewhere. So I'm going to just smack it onto as a second encore after Octavarium, a change of seasons. I'm just totally going to rip off, you know, live scenes from New York and, you know, just two 25-minute bangers at the end of the show. The nice. encores are like, you know, 45, 50 minutes long. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
All right, you know what, Kale? If you continue this shit, Kale, we're not doing this. He says, if Guardians of the Galaxy became allied to Thanos, would he be the Groot of all evil? Kale, just you know, stop, stop, Kale. We don't look bad slash very good puns get you banned from the chat around here. Um, <laughs> but no, he yeah, would go so, to A and W though for some Groot beer. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, this is really funny. It's a real Groot, but we're not going to let you know. He'll get his kicks on Groot 66. <laughs> right, Kale says to pull out Chastity's email on your phone. Can you do that real quick? Yeah, let me try and do that. I, All right. Let's see. I've got my Wi-Fi and my Bluetooth turned off on here because my internet sucks so bad. Uh, let's see. While you're doing that, I'll try to think of something intelligent to say. All right, no, all right, here we go. comes to mind. So Chastity, is it, this is not in order or... You got to guess the order. <laughs> I'll just read them off in the order that she said. She said, Dream Theater set list. Uh, off Dream and Day Unite, Status yeah. Seeker. Uh, yeah, okay. Thanks so for she's clarifying okay. it was the Dream Theater set well, list. Excuse, okay, ass. This is what the email says. <laughs> Quit being a dick. <laughs> but, okay, so this is, in, this is in album order. Okay. So off When Dream and Day Unite, she's got Status Seeker. Images and Words is Wait for Sleep. No, Brian and I have. Brian and I have actually performed that together uh, once. No one saw it. It was just he and I <laughs> at my old place. But it, I, I thought it sounded good, dude. Um, Live at the Marquee, Surrounded. Uh, Awake would be The Silent Man. Huge fan of that song. Very. It was hard to not pick that. She chose Funeral for a Friend off of A Change of Seasons. So she didn't go with the title track. Okay. Which cover is that? I don't even know who's who in there. Um, it's a song called Funeral by a Friend. Uh, it's, there's a there's this band that plays it. <laughs> I don't I don't remember the, the right. name of the band offhand. So someone please correct me in the chat so I don't look like a total asshole. Um, falling into infinity, she has hollow years. Uh, once in a once in a lifetime, she's got take the time. Uh, let's see, track nineteen. Oh, J, she's got JP's. Okay, so John Petrucci's solo from Once in a Lifetime as well. Uh, Metropolis Part Two. She's got through my words. The Spirit Carries On. Live Scenes from New York. She's got The Mirror. Yeah, good version. Uh, Six Degrees. She's got Solitary Shell and Losing Time. Train of Thought, This Dying Soul, and Stream of Consciousness. Man, Chastity, you are just like, you want people to sit through like a seven-hour dream theater show. Wait, time out. Funeral for a Friend is an Elton John song. I'm a piano player, and I don't even know that. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you ought to to be ashamed of that, man. You ought to be ashamed of that. I mean, I'm not, I I really like Elton John, but I'm not like a massive, like, I don't know, obviously, anything at all, ever. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Off of Live at Budokan, she has uh, tracks five and six, War Inside My Head, and The Test That Stumped Them All. Little factoid here. Uh, Test at Stump Them All is, I think I've said before, like probably my favorite John Petrucci solo, but he, he makes a quick mistake on that one right there. He, the best he, song he, ever off Live at Budokan is Hello, Ladies and Gentlemen. There is only one Live at Budokan, and that's Cheap Trick. <laughs> Seriously. I hate okay, when bands well. call Live at Budokan. Change the name. All right. What else you got? Good Lord. You curmudgeon, get off your lawn. <laughs> uh, Octavarium track four, I Walk Beside You. Awesome, awesome song. Also, Panic Attack and Sacrifice Sons. Jeez, oh. We're getting like Chastity. Get three songs off of one album. I know. Chess, you're cheating. Uh, score, Under a Glass Moon, <laughs> and The Answer Lies Within. Systematic Chaos, she's got Constant Motion. In the Presence of Enemies. 
uh, off of greatest hits, which actually actually. Uh, you know, if, if we're grading your ho- homework, Chastity, you're, you're getting like a D minus. You didn't follow directions. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, a, no, pl- a plus for like, the timing and a D minus for, right. the, for the. You're gonna get a big thing in the margins. <laughs> like, she said no. Here, she, she says, she says no. I said I couldn't pick. Well, oh, but you have to pick. That's the whole point. Oh, look at this! It's sarcasm, Holio. He says, Devin Townsend for New Dream Theater vocalist. What's up, boys? What's up, Sarcasmo? We haven't seen you in a bit. Man, and of course, look look at look at his like profile picture there yeah. on YouTube. It's the I'd <laughs> the... say we missed him, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. So Chastity said the multiple songs are supposed to be voted on. Okay. Um well I'm just gonna read him Chastity, because we've already bored people with our drivel for the last hour and so. Um okay, so gr- from greatest shit, misunderstood. Chaos in Motion would be track three, Blind Faith. Very good choice there. Uh, Black Black Clouds is Wither. And she says, JP question mark. Mm, do we go with the John Petrucci version with, with his vocal? Or was it, was it, yeah, I think it was, was it him or Portnoy that did the vocal? I know there's a version with one of the two of them. I think, it, don't remember. I'm drawing a blank. Um, dramatic turn of events. She's got on the, on the backs of Angels. Self-titled, she's got The Enemy Inside, The Looking Glass, Breaking the Fourth Wall, she's got The Mirror, another good version, The Astonishing, she has Act of Faith, Distance Over Time, she's got S2N, uh, uh, Tracks 1, 2, 3, Amazing But Hits, she says, and A View from the Top of the World, she's got Track 5, Transcending Time. So there we go. I wanted to go with Transcending Time, but I thought that was too obvious after I had professed my love for that song. See... And okay, Kale, thank you for correcting me. He says Petrucci was on Wither, Mike Portnoy was on Best of Times. Thank you. Okay. And Chastity says too, yeah, technically it was JP doing the demo. Okay. Thank you for correcting me, guys. I, I knew there was like a Portnoy Petrucci thing on that record and I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, with Transcending Time, like I was a little torn on that one, but I, I thought you had talked about it a little bit more than I had. So I thought it would be safe territory for oh, me. Oh yeah, it was safe it was safe for you, not not for me though. Okay. So yeah, well, dude, that was that was a blast, man. That was that was a really good idea that you had. You tend to fall into those every once in a while. <laughs> it's rare. I don't have many more left, though. So we're. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. <laughs> well, we've got a few cool things coming up. Obviously, we uh, we have not done the astonishing yet, and we are going to deep dive that record with none other than our good friend Robert Husted. So he loves that album, so he is going to deep dive that album with us. And I actually came up with an idea as we were talking, Brian. I kind of want to revisit an episode that we did early in the uh, what a catalog of the of the Talking Into Infinity episodes here. Remember, we did a song draft with Kale and with Adam Rishog. I kind of want to do that again. I thought that was a really fun episode. It's like, you know, for those of you guys who haven't seen back that far, it's it's very early in our in our episode listing. But um, basically, we did a fantasy football style song draft, and we did it snake style, which means, you know, we we randomly picked who was choosing, you know, one through four, and it, it goes, you know, whoever picked first, you know, then they would pick first. Uh, How's it go? They pick first, and then the second, third, and fourth person would go. Then they pick first in the second round. So kind of it goes. It goes like a snake. Yeah. So if you're familiar with fantasy football, that's how you do it. Um, I kind of thought we should do that again. 
obviously we can't we can't have kale and adam because they they originated it but i i thought we should open up the email to people who would want to jump on camera with us for about an hour and a half and do a snake style song draft i mean football season's coming up so we're right about that time where you know sports picks up for me and you with our cleveland browns and fantasy football's kicking back up so i thought it might be kind of a cool idea to do a do another fantasy draft and see what where everybody stands so what do you what do you think yeah that's something to think about for sure (laughs) that's brian saying no we already did that i don't want to do it (laughs) brian would either say yes or yeah that's something to think about he doesn't want to be negative on camera so no that's fine but yeah definitely as it gets closer to football season you know so we're like in the fall mode of it yeah so if you guys would like to take part in that and do a uh, fantasy football-style song draft with Brian and I, just shoot us an email at talkingintoinfinity at gmail.com, and we'll pick a couple of people, and uh, you guys can jump on and, and have a song draft with us. And if you want to see how it goes, if you're not sure, just go look back at our prior episodes, and it's out there. Uh, God, I want to say that's one of our first 10 episodes or something, isn't it? It was early on. Yeah, most likely. I don't I would say for sure in the first 12. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I said, Ted, you said, this is our 63rd episode. I'm like, yeah, I think it's in the first 10. Yeah, I think it's definitely in the first 12. Yeah, okay, awesome. You were 20% wrong. Yeah. Watch, it's episode 11, and so we're like right in the middle. I say, I say Ted, you say 12, it's right in the middle. <laughs> Kale is still bitter. He says, all right, but if you let Rishog take all the epics again, it's not okay. Yeah, Adam did do that. Adam really like grabbed all the 20-minute bangers. Like His his list was like five hours long. Well, we also crazy. made the mistake of letting... I'm not going to go into that argument right now. We're going to have to set... <laughs> if we're doing this, we're setting some definite guidelines. Here, here, here comes the uh, in the presence of enemies argument part two. <laughs> Right. Or <laughs> uh, part three, actually. Part, part three, three of the argument. <laughs> yeah. So, well, dude, that was a blast. It was uh, awesome jumping on and doing this. Like, as much as I want to joke, like, you have a good idea sometimes. Like, you, you've had a lot of really good ideas for the show, and this is one of them. It was, uh, it was fun coming up with this stuff, and it was interesting, man. Trying to, you know, it's it's one thing to come up with the songs you want to choose, but then to have to put them in order is a whole nother thing. You know, and I, I think you and I like have a little bit of an advantage over some people because we've played in bands for so damn long. We're kind of used to how things read and how things feel and all that. But you know, I thought you know, Kale had some great ideas. Like Chastity picked some really really good songs. Uh, you know, Robert Reams had had some great stuff in there. So, man, this was this was a this was a blast, man. Thank you guys all for tuning in and thank you for taking part in in choosing it. You know, yeah, <laughs> Kale, good lord. Oh my God! So uh, you are going to be out in Kent, Ohio tomorrow night, Brian. I am. You said you you're threatening to possibly stop by. You got a gig earlier or what? No, I just I got plans with Steph, and so it's. Ba- I, I if you were playing till midnight, that's why I asked. If you were playing till midnight, I would be able to make it for a little bit, but eleven o'clock, I'm just not going to be able to make. So you're lucky. Yeah, I, was, I don't know. I, was, I don't know why it's, it says nine on that photo, but then the event says eight. So I don't know what that's about, but I'm glad it's not nine. Cause it's, <laughs> you know me, I turn into a pumpkin after like 1130. <laughs> well, good thing you're done at 11 then. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So yeah. Any of you guys that are in the Northeast Ohio area, Brian is playing in Kent, Ohio. The outpost, a, uh, 8 PM, yes. 8 PM to 11 PM with, uh, what's it? 
Is it gr- grunge Grun- and glam? Grunge and glam, yep. It's yep. the best of 80s and 90s. It's basically playing exactly what it says. <laughs> you get what you, uh, you get you get as advertised. <laughs> Look at Sar- Sarcasmus Holio. I feel like I walked in late to class. Don't know what's going on. Yeah, this was a class. You messed up your homework, Sarcasmo. <laughs> yeah. Go back and rewind the show, damn it. <laughs> So, but yeah, if you guys are in Northeast Ohio, in the, uh, can't talk. If you guys are in the Northeast Ohio area tomorrow night, show up at Kent in Kent. Dude, I should just get the fuck out of here. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Uh, go to Kent, go to the outpost, see Grunge and Glam with uh, our beautiful, amazing co host, Mr. Brian Hendrickson on keys and, and vocals. Uh, I won't be there, unfortunately. I wish I could be, but you know, you never know. So, uh, dude, again, another great show. Thank you very much for coming up with the great concept. Uh, we are back here two weeks from tonight, which would be Thursday, July 27th. And uh, I have an idea for that show, but I got to run it by a few people. The night after that, I am actually heading to Burgettstown, Pennsylvania to see the mighty Pantera. So nice. I will be saving up all of my energy that Thursday night because I know I'm just going to explode uh, at that little amphitheater on Friday night. So um, once again, guys, thank you very much for tuning into another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. If you are tuned in on YouTube, don't forget to click that like button. Click that subscribe button and smash that notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live as i said we will be right back here in two weeks at all of these fine locations at 7 30 p.m eastern standard time on thursday july 27th so until next time guys for brian my esteemed co-host and myself you guys take care thanks for tuning in and as always carpe diem Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Just wanted to remind you that we want you to be a part of the show. If you give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, at T-I-I-D-T podcast, we post the schedule of when we are recording the show live. It is a streaming video platform on our Facebook and YouTube pages, and it has a live chat feature where you can comment on the show, ask questions, And we can bring your remarks up on the screen and have you drive the conversation. So, again, give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at T-I-I-D-T Podcast. And come hang out with us and be a part of the show. Thanks again and carpe diem.